right in. Let's start off talking about baseball. All right, so this past weekend was the college baseball opening weekend. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say too very impressive. We didn't see too many big matchups or anything like that. You know, just opening weekend, good stuff. I mean, I would beg to differ on that take because there was actually a lot of exciting games that happened this weekend as far as I'm concerned. One of the biggest ones is that Virginia completely shut out Oklahoma, who is number 24. That was crazy. And then Cal State Fullerton, not even like a specific part of Cal State, beat number 17 Stanford. So those are the two like really, really crazy ones. And then LSU lost to Nichols, which makes me sad. But I also like Nichols. Yeah, which LSU still in the top 25 though. Oh, yeah. They're ranked 11, I believe. For sure. And then Georgia barely won in a walk-off fashion, which walk-offs are my favorite. We love when that happens. All right, so after this opening weekend, here's the uh, top 10 teams. Number one, we've got Miami. Number two, we've got Florida. Two Florida teams up top right now. Number three, Louisville. Uh, Number four, Vanderbilt. Number five, Georgia. Number six, Texas Tech. Number seven, Arkansas. Number eight, Auburn. Number nine, Michigan. And number 10, Mississippi State with LSU trailing at number 11. Now, something I would like to mention is, you know, just kind of interesting to me is how both Louisville and Vanderbilt have a one and two record and they are still in the top five. I mean, have you seen Vanderbilt's picture? I mean, I guess, but... They're the reigning champs, first of all. They have another stud of a freshman pitcher. He struck out 12 people over five innings and has a complete no-hit streak. No one can hit off of him. He's insane. That is pretty well. When he was playing South Alabama this past weekend. And then behind him, they have another freshman pitcher who only allowed two hits all weekend. It's insane. They're going back to Omaha 100%, and it, I would not be surprised if they ended up winning it again. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Who else do you think is going to Omaha this year? Just, you know, this early in the season. I think LSU will go back. I think Auburn will go back. Other than that, mm, I mean, I don't really know. It's Probably just early. those three, if I had to, like, just guess this early in the season. Out of the SEC, I don't know. I think that Miss State's, like, close on the edge. Auburn, you know. Well, Florida's ranked number two right now, so I guess we'll, we'll just Oh, have yeah, to I see. completely forgot about Florida. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Yeah, so Florida, like I said, they're ranked two right now so they're sitting real pretty right now in the uh in the rankings but you know with how many games that gets played over the course of a baseball season it is insanely just too early to tell exactly but looking forward to this weekend speaking of florida florida who's number two is playing number one miami this weekend so that's going to be we rarely get a top 10 matchup this early in the season let alone a one two matchup before march 
Um, Which, that'll keep it interesting. Yeah, it'll keep it interesting. I think that Florida has the upper hand here. I think that Miami is good at their hitting, but I feel like Florida's good at hitting and pitching, and I feel like that's where it's going to get the Hurricanes. All right, hot take. Well, moving on to softball. Softball has been playing for two weeks now, correct? Correct. I love softball. All right, I will hit you all real quick with that top ten for softball. Uh, Number one, UCLA. Uh, Number two, Washington. Number three, Oklahoma. Number four, Texas. Number five, Arizona. Number six, LSU. Number seven, Florida. Number eight, Michigan. And number nine, uh, Florida State. Number ten, Alabama. I love softball so, 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 so much. Yeah, it's one of the more interesting sports to watch out there. For sure. Just breaking that down a little bit. Seeing UCLA at number one isn't surprising. Nothing new. We're all used to that. They are so good. Kelly Lynch plays for them right now. She's a freshman. This past weekend, she had a three home run hit, and she's thrown for, like, 5.1 scoreless balls against number two. Like, they played Washington, and she did all that against the number two team. Like, it's absolutely insane. That is really wild. And then going off of that, this is kind of unrelated but, or not really. Anyways, UCLA also has a player who is a mom. She had a son back in 2018, and she never thought that she was going to play softball again because, you know, being a mom is a hard thing. And she came back this season, and after her first game where she got a few really good hits, Holly Rowe interviewed her just, like, crying about how everything she's doing, she's doing for her son, and so she can better herself and better his life. And it was just... So cute. I just love stories like that. That's a little side note <laughs> just for y'all out there. Go look it up. It was really sweet. That is sweet. I am I mean, I guess this is going to be a real side note. I really love, you know, some of the connections that, you know, some of these athletes, like even college athletes have with their kids. I mean, you know, someone who <laughs> sticks out pretty staunchly in my mind is uh, Derek Brown. Oh, yeah. We love Derek Brown. He's got a very cute little baby. So, um, yeah, uh, I want to say it's Austin Wiley on the Auburn basketball team that's got a little baby that oh, just yeah. turned a handful of months old now. Mm. Real cute baby. If you haven't seen him, I recommend finding him. And then Bruce Pearl's granddaughter. Oh, my goodness. That's a cute little baby. Little girl. Ugh. Don't get me started. That one press conference where they brought her in and he was so happy. I can't. We're getting so off topic. But, oh my goodness gracious. That moral was the, the sweetest st- thing I've ever seen. Moral of the story is, it's real great to watch players and coaches and their kids. It's just so cute. It is the best. It's just, continuing on down the softball lineup, um, Texas had a really good game. This past weekend, they scored three runs in the bottom of the second to rally back up, which is really impressive. I love it when there's big games like that, especially in softball. It's really easy to get behind, and it's really hard to come back from that. But whenever you do regain those leads, oof, it is so much fun. That's when like the energy in the stadiums get so electric, and Texas is definitely doing that over there. Yeah. And uh, I know for a fact LSU's got a good little softball program. And like I said earlier, right now on the top ten, they are sitting at number six, which is pretty freaking good if you ask me. Oh, yeah. LSU softball is 
so different than any other softball I've ever watched. I've had the privilege my college career of being a sports reporter for various outlets that will remain unnamed for the sake of this podcast. But And I've gotten to see it up close and personal, front hand, getting to know some of the fans who come every single game. They have their certain seats that they sit in. They tailgate for softball and baseball down there. It is so crazy. I love it so much. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, also, they're just a different breed down there, too. <laughs> they really are. I don't think I know of any other school that tailgates for, like, baseball. I mean, Auburn's only tailgated for one basketball game. You know, that just doesn't ha- happen around these parts. Yeah, but at LSU, they love it down there. It's because they have both really good programs at both of them, and Beth Trina's doing a really good job with those girls, and LSU has a really deep roster right now that's helping them out a lot and I think it's only going to continue to help them out a lot but uh another team that I'd be looking out for is Florida this past weekend their head coach Tim Walton picked up his 900th career win that is so wild which is over you know a collective amount of colleges but still 900 wins and like softball it makes a little bit more sense because they'll play you know a usual weekend, there's at least four games that you play in. Mm-hmm. So, it makes a lot more sense, but still 900. That's a lot of games. I mean, back with another quick side note. Something that I've noticed, especially about baseball coaches, they are, <laughs> every time you see one of these coaches on TV, it's always some you know older guy with like super gray hair, you know? I feel like, you know, it's like how all basket women basketball coaches are like boss ladies. That's oh yeah, they are. <laughs> all women's basketball coaches are boss ladies, and um, all baseball coaches and the NCAA are um, old guys. They really are, and like I think it's so silly when we're going like between all of these different topics. I'm so sorry, we can't stay on track, but going. If you look at the baseball coaches, there's a lot of them that will wear the uniform that the players are wearing. And I just think it's so weird to see this, like, a lot of times, like, little old man in, like, baseball pants with a little belt with his jersey tucked in. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you know, basketball coaches got their, you know, their coats and their nice pants and ties and whatever, you know. Football coaches got, like, their athletic polos and, uh... Baseball coaches are just, you know, part of the team, it looks like. Yeah, I don't get that. I think that it's weird. We might have to do, like, just a whole, like, little mini-topic on just coach stereotypes between sports. I think that'd be fun. That's a good idea. DM us if you think that would be a good topic that we should talk about. Just all the different types of coaches in each sport. I think that'd be fun. Because they all follow stereotypes. Yeah. I'd really like to do that. All right, y'all DM us and let us know if that's something you want to hear, because we're way down to talk about it. At the Pocket Sports on Instagram. And Twitter. And Twitter. Whichever one you prefer to use. But keeping on the little softball train, um, I think Auburn has a lot of potential right now. Auburn has a really young team this year. Last weekend, they had a humongous eight-run comeback. It was insane. And they beat, uh, I think it was UNC Willington or something along those lines. They beat them 8-7. 
through 10 innings. It was crazy. And the fact that they were able to come back with those eight runs says so much about them. But then today, as we're filming this, it's Thursday. They just lost 13 to nothing to Arizona State, who's number 16. They're in California right now. So, hopefully, they play Northwestern continuing on this week. They're in, like, a little series out there. And hopefully, it'll look up for them. But they're going through, like, super high highs and super low lows like they did today. And I think that's just part of a young team and feeling it out and feeling who needs to be where. Like, it's a really big pitching game for them right now. They Mm -hmm. switch through three pitchers. And which, when you're playing a top 25 team, that's not unusual, but... I think Auburn has a lot of potential. I don't foresee them doing anything super great this season because of how young their team is. But I think that there's definitely, definitely potential for them up the road. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see them in, like, two years when they're all, you know, like, juniors and stuff. that uh, Juniors and seniors that we're going to see them, you know, making the trip out and maybe getting a good series win for... Uh, the good old AU just kind of happens with these teams. Typically, if they stick with it and they grow with their team, they're going to get better. Another thing we also see in softball, I feel like it's either super one-sided or super close. I agree. They it either, does that a lot. Yeah, they either get shut out or uh, it's a very close game. Yeah, just rounding out the SEC teams around us, Alabama's softball team has always been phenomenal. Out of all of... Alabama sports, I think softball would probably come in at number two. Like, they're so good. Wow. Hot take. It's really not that hot, I don't think. I think everyone knows how good Alabama softball is. Like, they're number ten right now. I don't foresee them dropping very far throughout the whole season, honestly, if not only getting better. There you go. So that just about wraps up our coverage for the baseball and softball bits for these uh, past couple of weekends. We got a little bit of a fun topic here for y'all. As we said in our last podcast, the XFL Megapod, um, XFL Twitter is the greatest thing ever. And a little bias here, I used to think that, you know, some of the, you know, like fan accounts for different like SEC teams like Auburn, LSU, Bama, like just following those, listening to those guys. I always thought that those kind of Twitters were the best. No, XFL Twitter is where it's at. And recently, they, I don't know why, but they just picked out Guy Fieri and were like, hey, we noticed you haven't backed up an XFL team. And they made a really funny gif with uh, him. And it had like all the different like uh, team logo hats. And it was just like cycling through. And then on the bottom, it said XF Flavor Town. <laughs> really, really funny tweet, and so they tweeted at Guy Fieri, and so they got into it, and so now the big talk for XFL is, uh, who is Guy Fieri going to side with? First of all, it's Guy Fieri, despite the spelling, as told Sorry. by Sean Evans, host of Hot Ones, in case anyone was wondering, just so we all know. But yeah, I feel like... Guy is, or it's probably not him, it's probably like a PR person, a social media person who works for him, whomever, but his Twitter account is popping. He is like 
a meme king on Twitter, and now the XFL is doing the same thing, and now, like, these two, like, Twitter entities are combining, and it is so, so exciting. So, like Parker said, they basically, like, called him out, like, we need you to pick a team. And then, like, a day later, he was like, all right, it's decision time. Drop who I should pick in the comments or whatever. And so far, three team accounts have answered him with more memes of him in their gear. Like, the DC Defenders sent one of him. The LA Wildcats sent one of him. And recently, the New York Guardians sent one of him. And so... I guess those are the only three that care who's going to be on his team. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I'm honestly just about to jump off this Viper train and like hop on the DC train. Cause, you uh, can't be on the same team. I picked them first. Pick your own team. Okay, whatever. I'm just so disappointed in my team. Yeah, you should be because the They're Vipers so and the Wildcats are the only two teams that have not won a single game. Granted, there's only been two games, but still. Yeah, they haven't and won. The defenders, and the Defenders... You know how many games they've won? All of them. And there's also been two games. All right, well, they're still undefeated, so... Yeah, um, Us and the Roughnecks. I'm Ooh. I'm pretty sure on, like, the rankings, the Vipers are ranked at the bottom. Yeah, they're at the bottom. Not surprised there. Um, But I kind of want to think that... The Wildcats, despite not being the most winningest team out there, might win over Guy Fieri because, as they po- uh, pointed out on their Twitter page, uh, his like you know color scheme on his Twitter is already their color scheme. If you've seen his profile uh, profile picture, it's like a yellow and an orange with his face on it, and they're like, "Hey, that's our colors." And then, you know, there's no better place to watch a game in Los Angeles, so... And the picture that they made of him, pretty freaking good. So, the only thing we've got left now to say is, who's he going to pick on Saturday? Who do you think? I think he's going to pick the Defenders. I think it's a toss-up between those two. I'm just saying, he would be dumb not to. Have you seen how good we're doing? Y'all are doing good. We're the best. Also, the Defenders are... Wilding in the locker room. It's pretty funny. <laughs> number one on the field, number one in the locker room. Post-game clips of all of these teams are so funny. It's literally them just, like, shotgunning beers. And it's not just any beer. It's always seltzer. Yeah. I don't know why, but I. It, it's just so funny to me. Bud Light Seltzer, if you're somehow listening to us and you're not sponsoring the XFL, you might want to think about it. <laughs> because they apparently love you. I assume that, I don't know what other, because they're not White Claws. They don't look like White Claws. Yeah, I think they're Bud Light Seltzer. So that's what it's got. Those are the only Seltzers I know that come in a normal size can like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I'm also underage, so I would know. Just disclaimer out there. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Also, speaking of the Defenders, you know, quick little side note. Um, if you didn't see this just absolutely wild play where uh, their quarterback almost got sacked, got up, chunked the ball forward, mm-hmm. and still managed to make a first down, it was pretty wild. The XFL is wild, and as far as sports go, this might be like one of my most favorite things ever. I, I just think it's so fun. And granted, we didn't even watch last week's game because we were out of town with some family for Mardi Gras. But just, like, 
they do such a good job of posting everything on Twitter. Like, they post, like, the really good stuff and just the, what I would call the mediocre stuff, just so you know what happened. Like, they're up to date on their social media game. Like, they are absolutely killing it. Like, I don't know who they hired, but that person needs to be paid a lot more than they're getting paid right now. I'm high-key sure that they hired somebody, like, 21 or younger. There's no way. And that's probably why it's doing so good. I feel like all these big companies, like, they go out there and they hire someone who's quote-unquote experienced in social media. And, like, I'm sure that person is. Like, they probably have a degree. They've been doing it for a few years, this, that, and the other. And that's great and wonderful. But that's not going to get you trending. What's going to get you trending are these kids who are fresh out of college. They just learned all the new tricks and tips for all this and they know it's trending because they're, like, you know, young and hip. Exactly. And that's why the AAF failed because, you know what they didn't do? They didn't tweet at Guy Fieri, the meme king, on Twitter <laughs> to get to get him to side with, like, the Birmingham Irons or something like that. Now we've got, like, a whole out, like, feud going on between these three teams so far. And... You know, he's just responding to all of it. It's it's awesome. I mean, I was, you know, doing something last night. Madison sent me, like, all of the tweets that were about it. Like, it was, like, seven or something like that. It was pretty wild. Exactly. And I just pulled up his Twitter an hour ago. He, replete, he tweeted, just an XFL guy looking for a team. And it's like... Just a, like, big picture of a crowd, and then his face is photoshopped onto one guy with an XFL hat photoshopped on top of him. Like, it makes no sense, and it's so funny. Yes. And then the XFL replied, that's a gangster. And then the DC Defenders replied with a picture of alphabet soup, and it spells out pick DC guy. Like, they're so excited. I don't know who's doing all this. I don't know. I'm so here for it. I might honestly just start turning on my notifications, like, for these teams. Like, just so every tweet they tweet, I get it coming across my phone. It is, it's so fun. It is so fun. I know I raved about it last time, but if you have not, if you listened to that podcast and you didn't go look at XFL Twitter, do it right now. Do it. Do yourself a favor. Honestly, like, I was having a really hard week and I was getting on XFL Twitter and it was making me better. I'm not even joking. That is not even a joke. It isn't a joke. It's it's a lifesaver. It's the best thing ever. I really, really wish more people were able to take after XFL Twitter. Honestly. If we could have sports, like, accounts for, like, colleges and, like, you know, professional teams act more like XFL Twitter, Twitter would be a better place. And I already <laughs> love Twitter, okay? That's the T on that. So, you know, stay tuned. Be looking out on Twitter to see who Guy Fieri picks. Yeah, and for sure. For uh, round three of XFL Weekend. Yeah. So I think that just about wraps up the pod. You know, we just want to say thank you to everyone who listened last podcast and listened to this one. I know that we've been going through, like, an inconsistent basis of uploading, and we just appreciate any listeners that we do get and we're just doing this for fun and we really love to do it so like we said we're just going to start uploading on Fridays now so that gives y'all a whole week 
to DM us and message us about any of your sports takes. You can send us off topic takes. We're really into the XFL right now, so if you want to talk to us about that, feel free to. And Parker, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, be sure to follow us on at the Pocket Sports on Instagram and Twitter. We typically, you know, do updates on when podcasts are released on Instagram. And if you have any fire XFL tweets that we, you know, missed for whatever reason, you know, you can always send it to our Twitter. Always open. Exactly. So I think that's all for this episode. You'll hear from us next week. All right. Bye. Bye.